0: Welcome to Care to Lead, your path to leadership success, brought to you by the Visient Nurse Executives Network.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Nicole Grubling, Associate Vice President of Member Connections at Visient. I am so excited to welcome Dr. Pat Patton, System Chief Nurse Executive at UCSF Health and Chief Nursing Officer for Adult Services at UCSF Medical Center. Dr. Patton was recently with the University of California, Irvine, and helped their team earn their fourth magnet designation. He's a board member for the Association of California Nurse Leaders and serves as the vice chair of the Visient AMC CNO Network. In March, Dr. Patton was named as one of Becker's 50 Hospital and Health System CNOs to know. Welcome, Pat. Thanks, Nikki. Pat, when I think of you, I think of strength, determination, and hard work. We are so happy to have you here to tell your story. And I know you recently finished your DNP, so congratulations. Thank you. Yes. So, Pat, when did you decide to transition to a leadership role?
0: I think it goes back to the time when I went into the Army as an 18-year-old and decided that I was really going to go in really to be a veterinarian and came out being a nurse. And how that happened is a long story in between there. But as I got into nursing, one of the things that they taught us in the military that every soldier is a leader and every person is a leader. And you have to believe that and know that as you go through your life, because we are leading constantly in different ways. Whether we have a formal title of leadership or not, we continually lead, whether it's in our personal life, our professional life, or when we're in a crowd of people. So I think I really took it seriously when I started and really finished my time in the military.
1: I love that, Pat. So I've already learned something about you that I didn't know. I didn't realize you were in the military. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Yes. How long were you in active military?
0: I was active military for four years and then four years uh, reservist as a combat medic.
1: Wow. Really interesting. I personally have family members in the military and know that there are so many important life lessons gathered through that. And so not only did you have important life lessons, it literally shaped the rest of your life.
0: You're exactly right.
1: Can you pinpoint a moment in your career that put you in a different or better direction?
0: There was a time that I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in nursing. I had started my career as a pediatric ICU nurse and did that for a few years, transitioned to home health. I went back into the emergency department because... As a combat medic in the Army, I worked in the emergency department really helping start IVs, suture up soldiers, making sure I took care of them in a different way than I would have any place else. And getting out of the military, as we had stated earlier, leadership was really ingrained in us that that's what we needed to be as we went forward. But As I went back into the civilian world, I was satisfied and very happy being a staff nurse and doing what I was doing and went through my different roles as a home health nurse, a pediatric ICU nurse, an emergency department nurse as a house supervisor. I think one of the pivotal times that brought me to where I am today was while I was a house supervisor in Lexington, Kentucky. There was a time where I reported to the CNO at that hospital. She brought me in for one of our regular meetings and she said, Pat, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, you know what? I really would love your job one day. And she looked at me a little bit surprised and then she had a big smile on her face and she said, absolutely, let's get you there. And I was a little shocked at her response. And I said, well, what does that mean? And she said, well, if you want to be a CNO one day, you are going to have to understand the vernacular of healthcare." And Nikki, that stuck with me over and over and over for the rest of my career. I still use it today that I really didn't understand that to be a leader at that level, you had to understand the vernacular of healthcare, of what it meant with quality, with safety, with what does the Joint Commission mean? What does CMS mean? What does lean methodology mean? What does it mean to be a transformational leader? All of that vernacular, really, I had to learn. And it was pivotal because after I said to her what I wanted to do, she started putting me on different committees, on different task forces, different things that helped me learn more and more the vernacular of healthcare in order for me to get my first CNO position one day.
1: What a fantastic leader! Listened to you, then developed you, and helped you get exactly where you wanted to go. I can only hope for that for each of the listeners out there.
0: Me too. Having a great mentor as well as a great leader who you report to is just so key.
1: And some really important points that I heard in there, Pat, it's bigger than nursing. You have to understand the global picture in order to lead nursing to its highest degree.
0: You're exactly right, Nikki. You can't be in a silo, although we talk about that all the time, right? People work in their silo. We have to break down the walls. But you have to understand there are other areas that if you don't understand it as a nursing leader, you won't be as successful as you could be.
1: That's exactly right. So over the course of your career, Pat, what's the biggest thing that you had to overcome?
0: Well, I would say I had to overcome me understanding that there were many things that I didn't know I didn't know. And I had to overcome what it took to learn those different things. And having a full-time job and raising a family, what sacrifices did I have to make in order for me to get to where I wanted to go? I certainly didn't want to sacrifice family time. At the same time, I wanted to learn everything that I needed to learn in order to be a good leader. So I really had to overcome time constraints. What were those time constraints I had to deal with in order to get to where I wanted to go and really then talk and communicate with my family and say, here's what I'm going to have to do for this short period of time in order to learn this or to know this or to attend an extra meeting this week that maybe wasn't on my calendar to begin with. And to help my family understand that's where we needed to go as a family in order for me to continue to progress in my career right or wrong. People do different things in their careers, but I'm sure our listeners can all identify that when you do have a family and trying to raise a family and have a career, it is a challenging position to be in.
1: It really is, Pat, and it resonates with me. You have a family, you have a challenging career, and you just finished your doctorate. All of those things simultaneously occurring. That's a lot on your plate. What I appreciate about what you said, though, is that it's, Achieving the balance that's best for you and your family, and communicating and setting expectations that allowed that to happen and be successful.
0: I agree totally. And, you know, one of the key things I would say is just that communication, communication, communication. Don't try to internalize things that don't need to be internalized. It's better to talk about it with your spouse, with your children, with your leader, with your boss, whomever, just so they understand where you're coming from and what you're dealing with so that they can better support you because they can't support you unless you communicate with them.
1: Great advice. Great advice, personally and professionally. Pat, you are on a number of different boards. Why do you think it's important to participate at the board level?
0: You know, board level is so key for nursing leaders. You have to participate because whatever board you decide to serve on needs a nurse's voice and needs a leader's voice at that board level to help that corporation, entity, nonprofit really understand things from a different perspective. There are 4.2 million nurses in the United States. That's one out of every 100 people in the United States. And when you look at that, nurses need to have a voice so that we can start shaping things from our viewpoint to help people understand what does it mean to care for a population that is out there that needs our care every single day, every single minute of every single day.
1: That voice is so important. And I think that applies as well to your voice within your organization. So nursing has historically been accepted at varying degrees at the C-suite table. How do you personally ensure that nursing has an equal voice at the executive table?
0: Great question. You know, anytime I enter a new organization or I look at an organization, I always determine, to your point, Nikki, where is nursing in that organization? Where is their seat at the table? Do they even have a seat at the table? I've been very blessed in my career that I've had a seat at the table every single time and had a voice there was one organization where I went where the nurse the leader did not have an item on the agenda for the nurse to give that report. And so I made it a point to ask the leader over the board, say, I think it would be important if I could give a report every month just so you knew where nursing stood. And the leader was very generous and said, absolutely, it was just a total oversight on our part. Let's make sure we add it going forward. And so making sure that you can use your voice, number one, but also make sure that you have a voice that there and make sure that whatever you're bringing to the table is value add to the audience. So do you understand who the audience is? What do they want to hear? And what is it going to make a difference in order to escalate nursing in that institution so that they can understand the value add that nursing brings every single day?
1: Pat, what I'm hearing is be an advocate, but also make sure you're not talking to non-nurses like they're nurses. In my experience, there have been times that nurse leaders bring a very nursing centric perspective to the table rather than a perspective that speaks to a broader audience.
0: You're exactly right, Nikki. And you kind of have to equal that out. So when you're looking at having the nursing voice at the table, you certainly have to speak about nursing. And to your point, you have to make sure that you know who your audience is. So if you're speaking to the CFO you better come financially prepared to speak his or her language because if you can't, they will quickly know that you don't know what you're talking about. You're not going to get financial support going forward because they're not sure whether they can trust you in using the resources that you need to use. If you're going to come to the chief operational officer and have a discussion about how we need to do different things in the lab, you better be able to come with pure data that's going to help support your position from the lab and the nursing perspective to do that. And if you can't, You're coming just with excuses or complaints and not solutions and data to help solve the solution at that level.
1: Great. And that feeds really well into the next question that I've got for you. Is there anything that nurse leaders should think about differently moving forward?
0: I think that they need to think differently on different ways to provide care in the future. We as nurses cannot be stuck in the same way of doing things day after day week after week, month after month. Because if we do, we're going to be left behind. Our chief digital information officers, our chief health information officers, our chief IT officers are all going to blow past us and take the CEO's attention away from the bedside and to look at the fancy and shiny things. And so unless nursing's at the table, unless we bring different solutions on how to provide care differently that is going to increase quality, safety, and experience in our organizations, we will get left behind.
1: I think that's a really important point, Pat. And I've seen an openness to this through the pandemic. And that's one of the positives that I can say that we've been able to experience. And that's a flexibility, agility, and innovation that's been different than we've seen in the past.
0: Agree with you totally. And I am very, very proud and proud to be a nurse and proud of my other nursing colleagues that we have gotten together and been able to speak about just that, right? How are we thinking innovatively? But because things were moving so quickly, how did we share that with each other? And our Vizient CNO network was such a great way to do that across the entire United States that we didn't have to pick up a phone to call our colleagues across the country. We just saw it come across on the email minute after minute after minute to help us make informed decisions day after day to really help quality of care be really at top notch during this pandemic.
1: And that open communication and trust is key. Yes. So Pat, what is something that others wouldn't know about you that would surprise them?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. I'm so intrigued by the way. (laughs) I would say when I was in the army, I drove a Bradley tank I went over to Germany and supported a general in his uh, day-to-day operations. While I was over there, he pulled me from the ranks and had me support him, which was unique in of itself. And awestruck, number one, but number two, felt very honored that he pulled me for that duty. And I think one other thing that people would uh, surprise them to know is that, in addition to be a chief nurse executive, I'm also a faith community nurse and uh, have the education and training that to be a faith community nurse and enjoy that part of my life as well.
1: Wow, that's amazing. There's definitely going to be a time where I have to hear more about those stories. That's fantastic. So, Pat, what do you recommend for someone who wants to be a leader?
0: I love when nurses approach me and ask me, what does it take to be a leader? And I love having the conversations with them because I think it is so different for every person, Nikki. I think what it takes to become a leader, it depends on what do they want to be as a leader? Where do they want to go as a leader? And first, I help them realize that they're already a leader. We as nurses are already leaders. It doesn't matter whether we're a staff nurse, a charge nurse, a unit manager, a chief nurse executive. It doesn't matter. We're all leaders. What I seek to understand from them is where do they want to go in their leadership journey And then I have that conversation really specifically with them around ways that they can do that. And one I think of the consistent ways that I have that conversation is around transformational leadership and how that they want to be a leader really depends on how transformational they can be and there's a whole tenant around being transformational and the way that you can do that and i really start with them to really help them understand that they need to develop a vision as a leader and it doesn't matter again whether you're a staff nurse a charge nurse a unit manager what is your vision what do you see for whatever place that you're leading in your life and where do you want to go so if i have a staff nurse who wants to be a unit manager i say to them well what's your vision well if i want to be there i want to do this this and this i said okay that's transactional but tell me what your vision is what do you see for the future and to try to help them think outside the box so as they progress they're always thinking forward and thinking what the future could be because when they look at the present and see what it is They see maybe they're stuck in what the day-to-day operations are instead of looking at how can I come into that leadership role and truly be different and lead maybe in a different way that will take this unit, this department, this organization to a whole different level because I'm thinking with a visionary mindset instead of a transactional
1: mindset. And that's the type of thinking that will transform healthcare. Exactly right. So, Pat, what are your closing thoughts for us today?
0: I would say that we as leaders, and it doesn't matter who is listening to this podcast, you're all leaders, and I would say take a deep breath, honor yourself for what you have been through for the last two years, and take a deep breath and just relax for a moment. We are so go, go, go because things are happening a mile a minute, and you have to take not only a moment to relax, but you need to take a day or a week just to sit down and do nothing but disconnect and really reset yourself so that you can do that. Resiliency is so important in our careers, in what we do, and in our profession, that if you don't have resiliency, you will get burnt out. So take care of yourself, take care of who you are, and remember, no matter where you're at or what you do, you are a leader and own that.
1: Thank you, Pat. Those are really powerful closing remarks. I just want you to know how much I appreciated hearing your unique story today and all of your leadership insights. It's been a true pleasure.
0: Well, thank you, Nikki. I appreciate you bringing me on.
1: Of course, of course. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's discussion, please subscribe to hear more Care to Lead podcasts. Like us and send us your comments. Care to Lead is your path to success and is brought to you by the Visient Nurse Executives Network. I'm Dr. Nicole Groovling. Have a great day.